Hello, lovelies. Welcome to the Fat Joy Podcast, where we talk each week about how to flourish in an anti-fat world. I'm Sophia Apostle, a fat professional coach who loves talking to other fat people about what it's like to live within oppressive systems that marginalize our bodies and how we still dare to have the audacity and courage to reach towards our collective liberation and embrace our joy. Please know this is an adult content podcast, so there will be swears. We will be talking about harms we've experienced, and we will be rebelling against weight stigma, diet culture, fat phobia, ableism, racism, etc. You can get more Fat Joy goodness, including how you can support the podcast through my newsletter at fatjoy.substack.com. And for episode transcripts, book reviews, and show notes, head to the Fat Joy website at fatjoy.life. I am so glad you're here. Enjoy this episode. Hello, lovelies. Welcome back to the Fat Joy Podcast. I'm Sophia, and I'm so excited to talk to my guest today. I was telling them before we started recording that today is just going to be all about me and my knee problems because they are an expert at flexibility and joint health. And that person is Vera Schofield. Hi, Vera. Thank you for being here. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, we will. I was just thinking um, anyone listening is like, um, I'm going to turn this off. It's just about Sophia. But I think maybe we'll we'll explain, expand a little further. We'll talk about my stuff and then we'll also talk about general things that will help everybody. <laughs> we'll be egalitarian today. <laughs> it doesn't always have to be about me. Um, so Vera, I've been following you for a while on Instagram because your focus on flexibility is not something that I ever thought about until I turned 40. <laughs> and then my body, and again, I've talked about this on the podcast. There's something about when my body turned 40 mid pandemic where it was just like, oh, we're going to start to raise a fuss about things. And flexibility, I really started to notice, especially my hip flexibility. So when I, I think that's, I think I was looking for information about flexibility and like, do I now need to be doing something I've never done before? And I found you and I've been following you and I love your work. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you help people? Yes. Um. So yeah. Vera, I am a personal uh, trainer and flexibility coach, and I do work online, and I just help people just feel good in their bodies, however that can be through flexibility and mobility training. I do kind of sprinkle in a bit of strength training, of course, too. But yeah, I just, I just really want people just to feel good in their bodies um, because, of course, yeah, pain is such a common thing with our joints and just, you know, waking up out of bed even. And of course, as we age, it can get, it can get a little bit rough. <laughs> so I, and of course, someone who deals with chronic pain myself, I just want other people just to feel good when they're moving without that pain and those aches. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well, and did you get into this like based on your own body's needs? Like, is that kind of what got you into it? Yeah. So actually, um, diet culture was what threw my back out. No. Oh. Yes. So um, I think it was about, I want to say 2016, 2017, I was waist training 
and it was because I wanted to be smaller. Oh, describe waist training for people. What is that in case no one knows? <laughs> yes, waist training is wearing a steel bone corset, which of course gives you that gorgeous hourglass shape. But um, I was using it because a lot of people used uh, waist training as a means to lose weight. Um, but they don't tell you when you are wearing a corset for eight to 10 hours a day, multiple days a week for, you know, a year on end, you're supposed to be working out your core muscles in between wearing it. And I didn't. So my core muscles, my back muscles, my glutes, they completely gave out. My back was ruined. <laughs> no. Oh, I doubt many people who do waist trainers actually then compensate what for the remaining eight hours they're not wearing it by doing core work no this is something i'm so glad you mentioned this Vera, because this is something that people don't know about how like really dangerous actually those waist trainers are so the muscles start to atrophy and then what happens like basically did you do something in it like throughout your back because the muscles just weren't there to support it like is yeah that so because i was wearing the corset basically throughout the entire day for like you know months on end the corset was holding me up <laughs> um and basically from what i understand from the doctors and everything my back muscles were trying to compensate for my core muscles oh. So it was creating this kind of like, <laughs> I don't know how to really describe it, but it wasn't a great effect happening. So basically my back muscles just completely gave out. They couldn't support my core and my glute muscles together because I was supposed to have my core and glute muscles for that. <laughs> um, so my back completely gave out. I couldn't, I remember it was, I think uh, maybe for a week or two, I didn't leave my bed because I was just in so much pain. Like I'd really crawl to the bathroom kind of deal. I'd have to ask my friends to like pick up like ibuprofen and everything for me um, to the point I did go to the ER because it was just so bad, I didn't know what to do. And of course the ER doctor is looking at me seeing how I can't really move. And he's like, oh, well, congratulations. You have back pain like the rest of Canada. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm like, great. <laughs> what can I do? And he's like, move. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. It hurts. So, um, yeah, obviously that was not a great experience, but yeah. Cause you know, obviously they didn't help in the end. Like they gave me some Tylenol threes, like the nurse did not even the doctor, the nurse was like, I feel bad for you. Here's some medicine. Um, so, you know, of course I didn't really do anything after that. I just kind of kept laying in bed and I was like, this is, this sucks. This is my life now. Um, Obviously, over time, I was able to start moving again, but it was very stiff. You know, my back was was wrecked. Um, and actually, it was when my friend invited me out for her birthday, and it was at a club in downtown Toronto. And there are pole dancers at that club. And I was watching them. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. Because I was thinking of a few months prior, I saw Roz the Diva on YouTube. And, you know, if you don't know Raj, she's a plus size pole dancer and she's amazing. And I saw her doing the thing and I'm like, you can do that when you're fat? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <shocked. laughs> yeah. So of course, um, when I watched her on YouTube, I was like, that's cool. That's not me though. Um, but then when I went to the club and I saw these people pole dancing, I'm like, I want to do it. I want to try it. I'm like, my back is still messed up, but I want to do this. So it was literally the next day I signed up for my first pole dance class and I signed up for a splits class right after that. And 
that's really how I got into fitness again. Oh my God. I love that it was the desire to pole dance that got you into what you do now. It's so great. It really was. It really was. And you never wore a waist trainer again, oh, I assume. no, no, no. Okay. No, no. <laughs> no, never again. Huh? Huh? To the trash they went. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um, so we've kind of started touching on it, but tell us about your relationship with the word fat, your journey with it. How do you hold that word now? Yeah. Oh, it's a, I feel like it's a heavy word still sometimes for me because of my past. So of course, growing up, I was the fat kid. I was always picked on it. I distinctly remember someone walking into me in the high school hallways and I overheard them saying to their friend, oh, you made me, like, you pushed me into a whale kind of thing. And I'm like, ah, thank you. I feel great. <laughs> um, so, of course, this whole time, I was like, I got to lose weight. I got to lose weight. And my mom also had her own uh, fat phobia instilled in her. So she was actually taking me to Weight Watchers as early as 12 years old, where, of course, you know, getting weight in front of all these strangers, tracking all my food, not a great time. <laughs> but um, so I was doing that. I ended up having a personal trainer when I was just in eighth grade. And I was again, I just want to lose weight. I don't care about getting strong. I don't care about doing I just want to lose weight. Um, so of course, that also started an unhealthy obsession with fitness. So and this was all just diet culture. And I read so much on how I could lose this and do that and do that. And it was very, very unhealthy. I ended up developing an ED too. Um, so it was rough. ED was, is eating disorder for anyone yeah. who doesn't yes, know. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it was rough. Um, it wasn't until after I graduated university where I was kind of like, what am I doing? <laughs> And it was during, it was like actually kind of that period between when I was, uh, I stopped waist training to when I started pole dancing and a bit after pole dancing too, where I was like, oh, I can actually just do what I want and live happily without having to worry about what the number on a scale is or how other people perceive my body. Um, and so now I actually find fat a very empowering word. I think it's great. And that's why I call myself a fat flexibility coach. Um, because I want people to know, yeah, I'm fat, but I also work out <laughs> probably too much sometimes. But I'm, I'm really happy with where my body is right now. And if that changes, that's fine. I'm not going to make a big fuss about it because it's a body. And it will change, of course, with age and any other factors in life. So it's not something I really worry about. Um, it's there and that's cool. Yeah. Amazing. One of the things that's, uh, that you talk about is this idea of body neutral movement. And I'm, I'm so curious about that because gosh, like as you're already talking about, there is so much shit when it comes to exercise and fitness and movement and wellness and diet culture and anti-fatness. Like it is so complex and complicated for people. Like our relationship to body movement is so layered. It's been so influenced by diet culture norms, like the no pay, no gain we were talking about before we started recording. Like this whole idea that 
our bodies are machines that we're supposed to dominate and and that's the only way to get them to look a certain way like god look 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 like there's so much grossness and i i grew up very athletic i was a pretty high level athlete as a swimmer especially and you know so i spent my time in bathing suits i mean could there be a more Oh, body conscious way of being by, you know, 20 hours in a pool with a whole bunch of other people also in bathing suits. Like bodies was all I thought about and my body in particular. And it, it's, it's really hard. I'm curious if you found this too, but it's really hard to unpack so much of that of our own lived experience. Like food is one thing, but I don't know. I actually found it harder to rewire my relationship with physical movement because it had been, I mean, without my knowing it, had really been used or I had been using it, again, whether I was at choice or not is very debatable, but to kind of um, almost like punish my body for being fat, right? Yeah. What's, what was that like for you? Like, how have you kind of unraveled that big mess for yourself? So I was not into fitness as a kid. I hated it. I was definitely that kid who, of course, he was like pick loss for dodgeball. And I, you know, grown accustomed to just really dread gym class, any type of fitness. Um, so when I actually did get into it, it was purely to lose weight. Um, So when I started, you know, finding movement again and in a more joyful manner, it was really just noticing how my body felt and really, of course, those thoughts of like, you know, um, what was that one? We, oh, people used to always say, I was like, oh, wearing black and you're working out sweating. Um, I'm getting it wrong. It's sweat is your fat crying. (gasps) I've never heard that before. Say that again. Sweat is your fat crying. Oh, it was instilled in my brain for so long. And it was, you wore black um, for your fat's funeral. Oh, oh my God. What are these things? I don't know. You're lucky because those ran my life in high school. Black is your fat's funeral. Oh my God. These make me want to weep for ourselves, like our younger baby selves. Oh God. Yeah, it was. So those um, terms and quotes always came up in my mind at first. And it was really just pushing it down at first. Be like, no, this is not what I'm doing it for. Um, I got really lucky because pole dancing you're not, you can't really wear that much clothes um, because you need to be able to have uh, grip, uh, friction with the pole. So I was forced to be in front of this large mirror in basically my underwear moving around dancing, but it made me really enjoy how my body moved um, and to see, you know what, I don't have to be super skinny to move in a very like sensual way, which was what I was doing at this pole dance studio. Um so it re- that kind of forced me into this. No, we're doing it because um, we want to for our own happiness <laughs> rather than for what society wants us to look like. Um, so it's, I think it's even still sometimes a journey unpacking it because it was so instilled throughout my time when I really started fitness. Yeah. 
Well, and it's so funny as you're talking, Vera, I'm so struck by the stereotype around fat people, which is that we're undisciplined and lazy. I'm like, everything you just said proves the opposite, which is that you did not like movement, but you embraced it. You worked hard at it because you were so, and you were disciplined at it, I imagine, in order to lose weight. And then when you wanted to unlearn that paradigm that you'd been taught by diet culture and and weight stigma, you again brought discipline and willpower in order to be able to do that. So everyone listening, like, let's just drop out of our minds forever that stereotype that fat people are lazy. Every fat person I know is actually more disciplined because they have spent their lives for the most part until they, you know, are it's not like discipline goes away when you start your fat liberation journey, but like we have spent our lives being disciplined and the opposite of lazy. So I hate that stereotype. It drives me bananas. Um, so I was just noticing that and what you said, Vera, because everything you just talked about took so much willpower and so much discipline. Um, and I'm curious when you were in the pole dancing class, were there other plus size people, other fat people in the class? Was there a variety of bodies? At first, I noticed it was very thin-centric. I was the only plus-size body. I'd be so intimidated. Good for you. See? Bravery! Bravery! (laughs) I did get lucky. I actually, there are some plus-size students I know who go there still at those studios. um, And I met them through there, and it was always uh, our own little community, little plus-size pole dance community. Um, that was really nice to have. Um, even to the point I went to New York and saw Roz the Diva for a class and it was specifically for plus size people. And it was so lovely to just be around other bodies like mine. And we're all just like enjoying pole dance. Amazing. Um, I, I'll, I'm going to link to Roz the Diva for people and how fun would it be to have Roz on the show? Yeah. Oh, if you, if you, if you know Roz, maybe you can I hook do. me up. I'm, I'm oh, gonna I'm totally going to like ask for, yeah. an, for an intro. Of course. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm friends with a lot of the plus size fitness community now, like Roz the Diva, uh, if you know Jesse of Curves with Moves. Oh, I she, don't think uh, I know Jesse. I'm going to. Jessie is fun. She's also in New York and she does a thing, a dance class called Free the Jiggle. Oh my God. I think I do know Jessie. I had someone else actually I spoke with recently tell me about, about Jessie. Okay. I'm going to link to all these two for people so they can um, check them out. I love Free the Jiggle. Ah, I want to free my jiggle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I know Jessie also runs a uh, events in New York called, uh, it's for a business called Power Plus Wellness, and it's plus size um, activities that they do. So I know they recently did like a swim class together. They did like boxing. They do, I even taught a class for them with flexibility. Um, So it's really fun to just meet other plus size fitness people and see what they're doing. Oh, amazing. And it's so great to be in community that way too. Like it just, it changes everything, doesn't it? Especially when fitness is so like focused on toxicity of being thin and being ripped and all this kind of stuff. So to be in a community that is still within fitness, but people who are actively fighting against it is, is very empowering. 
I feel it. I feel it as you're saying it. I'm like, oh, I want to go. I want to go. Um, okay. So this idea of that you talk about of body neutral movement, um, it's come up actually in several other conversations I've had with podcast guests, this idea of questioning, again, this idea of unlearning what we've been told about movement and exercise. And I just think this term is so interesting. Body neutral combined with movement, because movement is like, obviously, of the body, but now we want it to be body neutral. So I think there's such an interesting, um, it's it's a really interesting phrase to me, just from a semantics point of view, like, what could that possibly mean? What's the connotation? Um, so tell us what is your version of body neutral movement? Like, what, how do you help people towards that? Like, what does that look like? What does that even mean? Really, I turn towards body neutrality over body positivity, specifically because body positivity has been co-opted uh, very heavily uh, in this day and age, which, you know, people who still support it, of course, I love them for that, especially people who are in bigger bodies and people who are not white really pushing body positivity. I love that for them. But myself, especially being a white person, I prefer body neutrality to kind of move away from that almost toxic positivity that has come up after it's been co-opted. So I'd rather look at, you know, movement and even our bodies as more of a neutral ground to be, yes, we can feel amazing about our bodies. We can feel amazing about this movement, but sometimes we're not going to feel amazing. And that's okay too. As long as we try and bring it back to that neutral, it is there, it exists, and that's that. <laughs> so when it comes to movement, I think, yeah, there's going to be joyful movement, and we love joyful movement. But sometimes movement is not necessarily joyful, and that's okay too. So, for example, I know we spoke about it earlier, like unloading a dishwasher, that is movement. Is it joyful? Not, not really. <laughs> yeah, or, you know, for me, I have to take my laundry up and down the stairs. I hate that. I do not like the stairs, but it is movement. And I don't feel great about it. So I try and look at it more of a neutral perspective of, I have to do this because um, I need my laundry done. <laughs> so I would rather just get it done. And I remember, you know, I am being, I am strengthening my legs and my core for this. Um, and that's okay. You know, it, I don't have to be really happy about this movement, but I'm getting it done and I'm looking at it from that neutral baseline. Yeah. Yeah. It's just hitting me. Like, so let's, let's talk through. So if I was still steeped in diet culture and anti-fatness, me taking the laundry up the stairs, I would probably in my mind say something like, all right, this is a great way to burn some calories. I can like, let me just even try to sprint up the stairs and the laundry is the weight. And I would make it all about like weight loss. So then we move from that perspective, that kind of mindset around exercise and movement and to a more body neutral place, which is, okay, if this, if I can make this joyful, cool. If not, if I, you know, if it doesn't feel joyful to me, then I can just interpret this as like, it's basically like a functional task of my life. Um, and me right now, actually, because I have some knee stuff that we'll talk about, we're like right now, like literally as I go upstairs, I'm like, okay, this actually, there's, there, I have pain right now, like a bit of an achy kind of pain happening. And so I'm like, okay, well, this, I'm, I'm not joyful going up the stairs and I can tap into a neutrality of 
well, my office is upstairs, so I do have to get up there in a way that will be the least harmful to me, the least painful to me. And like, it's not, I feel like the big difference is not attaching any external like morality or ethical or not ethical, but like, like I'm not better because I take the stairs two at a time or one at a time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think another way you can look at it too is, um, all right, well, we don't want to do the stairs, but we have to, but let's think about how, what it's going to do for our muscles and our joints. Like, all right, we are working the quads and maybe we hate working out the quads. So at least we're doing that. And, you know, that brings us again to that neutral baseline. We're like, yeah, we, we're not a huge fan of it. We don't completely hate it, but we are doing something for our muscles, which is, it's a little bonus. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, every time I go up the stairs, I'm strengthening my glutes, my hamstrings, my quads, my calves, and all of that in my mind. What I'm saying is like, and all of that is going to help strengthen the muscles around my knee joints, which will help them. Exactly. Yeah, cool. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I remember learning kind of early or maybe mid in my fat liberation journey was this idea that we don't owe anyone health, which is a really revolutionary thought. I imagine people listening right now are like, what? Because what fat people hear a lot, like I get this in my troll comments all the time where people are like, you're the reason why we're a trillion dollars in debt because I don't know why I do that voice as if that's the troll voice, but um, you know, as if my fatness is a drain on the system, that whole thing. So it's almost like this healthism, right? Like we owe society health and that's so rooted in healthism and ableism. Like it's so bullshit. But it's so tied to, because then the next thing is, why don't you get on a treadmill, you know, fat person who I'm trolling, right? Like, so there's this whole piece around exercise and movement that gets, that gets kind of mm, mushed up in there as well with health. And I'm so curious, Vera, like, do you, like, what do you hear when people are coming to work with you? I imagine there's a lot of these thoughts going in their heads too. Yeah, it's a lot of, um, there's a lot of guilt, um, a lot of, I can't, I need to do this, I need to do that. If I don't do this, I'm the worst person ever. Um, it, it sucks, it's heartbreaking, because of course, we need to, I, ha- I want to help them break out of that. And, you know, we can only do as much as someone gives us. What I find is, because a lot of people have that, guilt attached to it because the trolls are so loud sometimes um and it does it can get to us uh of course if we're not like prepared we don't have our guard up because we don't we shouldn't have to have our guard up all the time but the trolls they they're loud so i find it's a lot of um just pushing past it and it is can be a struggle to push past it but to really work past and be, no, I'm allowed to rest. I'm allowed to take breaks. I'm allowed to not work out or not even move today. I can take that time for myself because I, I am in control of myself. Um, and I can, I can own that. Yeah. And be at choice with it. I'm going to also link to the nap ministry, which I love to do anytime rest is brought up because rest, choosing to rest is actually a rebellious act in our pretty fucked up systemic oppression world. And 
um, Trisha Hersey, who wrote or who actually started the Nat Ministry Instagram account and then has a whole book uh, that I've read, but I forget the title. I think it's called Rest is, Rest is Rebellious, something like that. Anyway, I'm going to link to it um, because here, because you hit it on the head, Vera, which is guilt. Like, Guilt is so present when it comes to movement. And it's like, how did, how did we even get in there? And I think we, we still get it. I, I think it's unavoidable because, you know, every other day it's like 10,000 steps, which also is bullshit, by the way, right? You know, yeah, Main in Space just did a whole expose on the 10,000 step rule. So anyone listening, um, the 10,000 steps is completely made up. It's not based on any research. In fact, the research shows, sure, maybe get around six to 8,000 a day, but it doesn't really matter. So I love telling people that. I literally told my dental hygienist that as, as I was leaving the office because she had to walk to unlock the door. And she goes, oh, I guess I'm going to get my 10,000 steps. And on the way out, I was like, you know, that's total bullshit, right? It was totally made up, not even real. So, but it's good to walk, good to move. Great. Good for you. But I was like, we get so attached. And then so if I don't get my 10,000 steps, oh my God, I feel guilty. And it's all fucking made up. Oh, okay. Now I'm mad. Help me, Vera. Help me deal with the rage. <laughs> Honestly, that's when we want to bring in that strength training. <laughs> we want to get rid of that. Um, no, but I do agree. Because I think even I remember getting a cereal box as a kid and it came with a step counter. Yes. And I was really excited by that. Yeah. A pedometer, yay! Yeah, I was like, wow. Um, I think it was it was Tony the Tiger. It was his little step counter, um, and I was really excited by it. But yeah, like that ten thousand, ridiculous. And I think it's kind of instilled in us the same way BMI is, because obviously now more people are becoming aware that BMI is BS. But at first, when we first hear about it, we're like, yeah. It's probably science. We have to agree with that. Like, we didn't question where it came from or its origins. And now we're like, oh, it, oh, it wasn't even made by a scientist. Oh, oh, it was just made for white people in Europe. Oh, oh, just for men. Oh, okay. All right. Well. <laughs> so glad it determines whether I get surgery or not. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, lovely fat joy friend, Sophia here, and I have a request. Can you please subscribe to this podcast? And if you've already subscribed, can you please give me a five-star rating? And if you've done that, could you please write a review of the podcast? I know, I know that's a lot of asks, but these actions help increase the profile of fat joy, which allows me to keep producing it. I'm so grateful the Fat Joy Podcast is one of the top 2.5% most popular shows out of the over 3 million podcasts globally. Totally amazing. And let's bring even more Fat Joy into the world by getting into the top 1%. So when you subscribe, rate, and review, you're helping do that. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah. The morality around movement is just so deep and um, I'm glad we're talking about it. And there's a lot of really beautiful information out there that people can, you know, um, 
tap into if they want to to go deeper into that. Your account is so good for that, Vera. Like it has us, it invites us to question what we've been told in a really beautiful way. And I always love that about your content. So obviously your links will be included and people can follow to learn more. Um, you've chosen to really hone your business and your work in on flexibility. And I'm so curious about that. Like I said at the top, I never thought about flexibility ever until suddenly I'm like, oh, my hips aren't moving the way they should or used to like six months ago. It was like, like I'm telling you, 40, like chain, my body changed at 40. So why flexibility? What, what had, as opposed to like, I'm going to like get fat people to be, feel strong, but which is part of it, but like why flexibility? So when you look at fitness, it's actually made of pillars. So it's four pillars. So we think strength, cardio, recovery, which a lot of people forget to, and flexibility. So recovery and flexibility, those pillars are often thrown to the side, but they're pillars. And we think of pillars, they hold up something. We need that. (laughs) We can't use two pillars when there's four needed. Um, So flexibility, it's so often thrown to the side. And we think, you know, flexibility, we think, you know, we do a quick little warm up of rolling out our shoulders. And then at the end, we're going to stretch out our hamstrings. But, you know, we were actually just um, doing a back exercise the entire time in between. And it's like, well, why did you do shoulder circles? And why are you stretching out your hamstrings if you only worked out your back? <laughs> so, well, now that you say it, I'm like, oh, why did I? A lot of people are very set of like, these are the stretches I got to do. But it's not targeting the muscles that they may have just worked out. Um, so that's it. When It's very looking at a very traditional strength training type program. Um, but in general... I find for myself, flexibility feels amazing. I love feeling flexible because I don't have those aches and pains. Strength training doesn't give you that. Strength training will make you stronger. It'll make you be able to carry those groceries in one trip from your car, but it's flexibility that gives you the ability to move for that strength training. So really everything we do is flexibility training. So if we're walking, we're stretching the hamstrings, we're stretching the glutes, we're stretching the calves. But, and same with strength training, if we're doing, say, a bicep curl, we are stretching the triceps. So flexibility training is always there, but we forget about it and we don't look at these targeted stretches that will help us release that tension in our muscles, especially if maybe we're sitting for all day or we are strength training where those muscles are contracting. We want to loosen them up give them some space to breathe, get those um, those blood cells moving through them, making it feel a little bit better. Um, and I just find, again, flexibility just feels good. I love the feeling of rolling out my wrists if they feel a little bit tight of working at my keyboard all day. Um, because I know some people, my brother, he will snap and crack all those joints and I think it, it freaks me out. And... Uh, just a little quick info about that. What you're hearing is basically gas escape between your joints and synovial fluid, which is kind of a lubricant coming into those joints again. And we always want to keep that synovial fluid in our joints because that's what keeps our joints moving very smoothly. And when that fluid settles, that's when we hear the popping, the cracking and all that kind of stuff. So that's why you probably find if you're rolling at your shoulders or 
um, doing any type of quick mobility work at the beginning of a workout or just any time during your day, you're going to hear all that popping and cracking and snap. That's the synovial fluid moving into those spaces so it can move better. And that's something I really like to think of. I was like, I want that synovial fluid in all my joints at all times because that's going to keep my joints healthy. And that's going to keep them feeling their best, at least in that moment of time. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I was just thinking that <laughs> I'm sure no one can relate to this, but as someone who sits a lot during the day, what should we be doing? Like what? So if I came to you and I'm like, just a couple of exercises or a couple of stretches, if I've been sitting, if I spend most of my day sitting again, I think a lot of us do this. Like what? What would you recommend? When you said roll out your wrist, I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like literally just rolling circles. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ah. And that's really, you can think of mobility work is usually just the joint is moving in a range of motion, hopefully your fullest range of motion. So when it comes to hips, because we are sitting a lot, especially during COVID times, that's what we do. Um, the one thing I suggest for all my students, if they do nothing else in the day, do hip circles. And that's really pushing your hips forward, pushing them to the side, back and around. Um, and of course, if we watch SpongeBob, it's very going around town. <laughs> I love it. This is the very first SpongeBob reference on this podcast. Heard it here. I love it. So a hip circle is like, just so I can paint a picture for people who are listening. So it's like, you kind of, you stand up yeah, and then, so I used to do belly dance um, and, and have aspirations of continuing when my knees feel a bit better, but it's kind of like, so you stand, you, you kind of like drop your knees a little bit. So your knees aren't. Yeah. So we think of soft knees, soft knees. Yes. Not yes. locked. Yes. Soft They're, knees. Yeah. Yeah, and then you kind of, yeah, take us through what the movement is. Yeah, so I like to think we start with our feet about hip width. We can always have our feet a little bit wider. We do have soft knees, so we have that small bend in our knees. So we're still standing up straight, but they're not locked, like you said. We're going to push our hips forward. So we think of just kind of like if someone's trying to sneak behind you and you're pushing your hips forward just to give that little bit of space. And gently, right? Because I think sometimes this can be hard on backs that aren't used to doing this kind of movement, right? Yeah. So the other thing you can think of is the positioning of your hips. So think of your pelvis actually scooping up towards your belly button when you push it forward. And that's kind of going to round out your lower back a bit. From there, that's when you can push your hips to the left and you bring it out to the side. You're going to push your hips behind you. We think of that kind of an arch happening in our lower back. We push it to the right and we bring it forward. And then we can start smoothing that out. So we can kind of think of that square kind of shape at first, hitting those corners. And then over time, we smooth it out. And of course, we want to do that in both directions. And it's really as many times as you feel like doing it. And whenever you want, I think is a great time to do it. I like to do it personally when I'm doing the dishes because of my hips love to start tilting, creating some pain in my lower back when I'm doing my dishes because of how I lean over. So I actually will stop. I'll do a couple hip circles, feel it out, and then go back to what I'm doing. But it's a really good thing just to get that mobility back into your hips, that synovial fluid into around the femur joints when you're sitting. Yeah. And so doing that, what, like every couple of hours or as frequently as possible, like What's good for people? 
whenever you feel up to it, I think is the best. Um, but really, if you can do it multiple times a day, amazing. Um, but if you only do it maybe once a day, that's fine too. You do what you can and that's what matters. Amazing. Oh my God. I just added it. I have a list of exercises that my physio has given me and I've just added hip circles as like, because I, I won't, I know all the things I'm supposed to do, but I just don't do them. I need like reminders. So I put everything on post-it notes. So I just added hip circles. I will share. I don't know if this is a stretch that you have your, if your, your clients do, but my physio gave me my favorite stretch of all time for my hips, which is go lie on my bed on my stomach. And I'm like, I will do that all day. <laughs> I will stretch my hips. <laughs> Because she said, like, if especially if you're sitting a lot, like just kind of being on your stomach, which I never really, I used to sleep on my stomach, but that was like when I was a kid, like I hardly ever lie on my stomach. But she said, and I, when I do it, I actually do feel like it is a really like gentle stretching that feels so good. And I haven't, I mean, I haven't ever done that. So I've been doing that daily a few times and it feels really, really nice. And it's a nice little break too, like just from being at the computer. The other one you can do, again, you can do it in your bed, is you're going to lie on your back and you're going to bring your knees up so your feet are grounded, knees are up to the sky, open your knees out so you think of a butterfly kind of shape. Yes, yes. And you have your feet together and you can put pillows underneath your knees if your knees don't fall to the bed or the ground. And then you can just relax into that breathing nice and deep and I'll help open your hips up too. I love that. Yeah, I do restorative yoga class that has me hold that position for five minutes. You're right. I Again, I, this whole world of flexibility is really new to me. And it does feel so good. I, when I was at my physio last week or the week before, she like took time and like stretched me, which I've never had anyone do. I've had massage, but I've never been stretched by someone. I was like, this was amazing being stretched by someone else. I was like, all right, when I am as rich as Oprah, I want personal chef and a personal stretcher. Like I just felt it was like that level of like good in my body. Mm, yeah. Partnered stretches are amazing when you have the availability to do them. Partnered stretches. There's a name for it. Oh, I love that. All right, maybe I need to book a class and you can teach my husband to partner stretch me. I don't want to stretch him, but you can... <laughs> teach it for me. Um, okay. So we have hips, we have wrist circles, um, for sitting. Is there anything else that's really helpful? Oh, what about, oh my God, where I feel all my tension, like neck and shoulders for, from lots of sitting. What do we do with that? Ooh, well, one thing I love, so even right now how I'm sitting, I know my shoulders are rounded forward. <laughs> one thing I love to do is, uh, I call them goal post openings. So we bring our arms out, elbows in line with the shoulders. We're going to roll or not roll, sorry, squeeze our shoulder blades behind us. Think of our elbows as if they could touch, take a nice big inhale, let your chest expand. And as you exhale, you bring your elbows together in front of you as close as you can. You can round your spine and then you can go again. You take a nice big inhale open and you exhale it closed. Oh my God. That's so good. <laughs> so from there, you can either keep doing them. You can drop your arms. You can even interlace your fingers, push them out overhead, move into a side bend. We have a couple options here to go with it just to feel good in your body, even without getting out of your chair. Um, and again, like, of course, we have things like that head roll, we bring our ear to our shoulder, bring your chin down to your chest, 
to the other side. I do like to suggest only semi-circles rather than going through a full circle just for any neck issues that may be there. Um, but yeah, there's so many small things we can do, like even, so I do have an on-demand library and I do actually have a couple videos that are just, you know, posture checks. Um, where we do stretches where we open up the upper body, which are always great when we're sitting all day because we do tend to hunch forward and round and kind of look down a bit. Yeah, I think I'm getting a hump on my back from that so much. I'm always like, oh God, is that, is that, is, I think that's really happening. So I'm always trying to like, to shift that. I love that stretch. You just gave us the goalpost one that felt so good, even just doing it. Oh, so it's, it's a really nice one, especially because you think that's really what we want to do. We want to open the chest up when we're sitting, especially when we're rounded forward. So open it up. And of course, closing it is nice too. We get to get that um, cat cow, that flexion and extension action happening in our spine, which is also just a really nice feel good movement. Oh, oh my God. I feel so, yeah, I feel like my chest expanded just doing that. And it feels like I'm breathing even better. Thank you. Um, if you're listening, uh, Vera and I actually did the exercise. So you can always hop over to YouTube and watch it. <laughs> um, if you wanted to see that, if it felt unclear what we were doing. Um, all right. So Vera, the other thing I really wanted to talk to you about is again, something that, uh, <laughs> Of course, it's all about me happening to me right now, but also extremely relatable for all fat people, um, which is that we are told whenever there's any kind of joint issue, we are told, well, just lose weight. Um, and uh, I won't go in. I mean, if you, if anyone listens to this podcast, we know why that is uh, bullshit, not based on anything. Um but it's really uh, frustrating to hear from people who are supposed to be supporting us with our health. So this idea of like joint health, so let's take knees, because I feel like knees is a big thing. I think because fat people are fat, there's this assumption that there's more, well, I guess it's probably true. There's more load bearing into the joints, but we know weight loss fails. So then we're kind of, often people are left with like, so what do I do? Just start another fad diet, lose weight, gain more, just kind of repeat the cycle that I personally have been on for about 35 years. Um, not anymore. But so what do we, so like, there's something in here around joint flexibility, joint strength, like, how do you, what do you think about that? How do you support people with that, Vera? Vera, sorry. It's okay. Um, so what I would say right away, the knee joint is the dumbest joint in the body <laughs> if you really if you look at a skeleton um the kneecap the patella it sits in front of our femur and our uh shin bones so it's actually it's kind of floating in air and it's kind of connected via like a web of tendons and ligaments and it just kind of hangs out <laughs> that's the only joint that is like that it's and it, of course, because it's kind of suspended in midair in this sense, it's very prone to injury and all that kind of gross stuff we can deal with when it comes to knee pain. Um, so, of course, flexibility does help joint health. And again, it's that same thing I was talking about with synovial fluid. We're keeping that synovial fluid there. We're keeping it the joints active. Yes, because of the load there, the load of our bodies, it does put a bit more pressure on them. But what we do to counteract that is strengthen the muscles surrounding our knees. So again, it's like quads, hamstrings, 
calves, like the tib anterior, all those muscles. The other thing is to look at our ankles and our hips. So everything is connected. <laughs> so we think if the knees are acting up, we should be looking at the hips. We should also be looking at the ankles. One of those two are potentially out of balance. And we should actually be looking at maybe trying to align that, fix that up, and then see if the knee health gets better. I do have, like one example, I do have a student who has had knee pain and we focused on strengthening the hamstrings and the glutes. Knee pain gone. And obviously that's not, uh, that's not going to be for everyone because knee pain is very different depending. Same with back pain. It can be a lot of different reasons why that pain's there. But that's one example of, we just have to fix this one thing. We just have to look at the hamstrings and the glutes. And the knee pain just magically was gone. <laughs> so we actually just really focus on strengthening. So it's those classic movement patterns of squatting, lunges, deadlifts. And of course, we don't have to go into that. I personally hate lunges. I I don't like the traditional lunge of bringing that knee down to the ground and coming back. No, it makes me scared. Yeah. It, and then you have to worry about your balance. And that's a whole other thing. I prefer long lunges, which is more of a yoga type movement, but that's a different thing. So if we look at something like squats, that's going to help strengthen our quads and our glutes. And we love that because we really want to focus on those muscles surrounding the joint to help. And then we can look at stretches right after those strengthening moves, like a hamstring stretch, like a forward fold or a quad hold to help stretch it out. And those two movements together, the strength and flexibility are going to help really support the joint. And that's what we want. We want to support the joint the best we can. And we don't have to worry about weight loss or these awful diets or anything like that, because we're just focusing on strengthening the muscle, not about how much fat is around that muscle or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, this exa- it's so great because it's exactly what the, my physio was telling, telling me too about my knee. Um, and she was saying actually the patella, because it does flow. I love that you said it was like the dumbest joint. I love it. I may have to share that with her. Um, but it, it flow, it, cause it floats, it, it can get like, it'll wobble. And like, there's this kind of groove that it's supposed to flow into, but it's really easy for it not to. And I was, and she, so she actually had like the model of the knee joint was showing me. She's like, and this is what yours is doing. I'm like, Oh my God, like that's horrifying. Um, and so yeah, this idea, she's had me for two weeks basically doing flexibility, basically doing stretches. And then starting this week, I'm going to get some strengthening exercises. Cause she goes, I said, well, can't I just start with strength? She's like, no. <laughs> she said, you have to stretch it out first so it's ready to receive the strengthening, which I, I had, again, I had never heard of before. You think of it as um, we don't want to strengthen a short muscle because the muscle is just going to get shorter and we don't want it to be shorter. <laughs> we want it to lengthen out, be more relaxed. So when it's lengthened, we can focus on strengthening because then that contraction happens and then it's okay because we can kind of, it's finding a balance between the two. And that's often why it's normally suggested that we always have a warm up where we're lengthening those muscles in a dynamic fashion, like we're, we're moving through it. And then we go to the strength training and then we go back to the flexibility with those static stretches where we hold them for a longer amount of time. So our body can kind of move back to where our baseline is for mm. us. And when you do this type of flexibility work, 
is it, this is a weird question maybe, I don't, I don't think I'm wording it properly, but like, is it permanent or like, is it something you kind of, you upkeep, like you have to keep doing it to maintain it? And can you ever get too flexible? Like, I'm, yeah, now you've got me thinking about all these things. <laughs> so it's very much a, a use it or lose it situation. It's often why as kids, we're really flexible. And then as we grow older, it's kind of like we kind of lock up. <laughs> um, so it is very use it or lose it. So we do have to upkeep it. Um, and again, we don't have to upkeep it for like an hour a day. Five minutes a day is fine. Two minutes of the day is fine. 30 seconds is fine. <laughs> um, but we do want to find that movement throughout the day to keep it up. Just even for a general person, right? Um, so when it comes to becoming too flexible, I don't really believe in that. Like, of course, if we have something like hypermobility, then of course it changes. Or if we have any joint conditions, that can be a different answer. But for the general public who does not suffer from uh, hypermobility or anything like that, then no, you can't be too flexible. You're just going to feel amazing <laughs> at the end of that. Um, so, for example, I, I love training splits. I love the splits. This but, I can't even wrap my head around. I think I need you to say more about the splits because I'm like, what? I don't even know if I ever could do the splits. So even when I was a kid. I couldn't do the splits as a kid. I got my splits when I was 26. Oh my gosh. I love that phrase too. I got my splits. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get my splits. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a fun party trick for sure. Because um, I'm not a contortionist. I'm not a gymnast. I'm not a dancer even. I just like doing the splits. Um and the splits are, of course, a very deep hip stretch. You have to think if you're doing a front split where our leg, one leg is forward, one leg is behind us, that is really focusing on the hip flexors and the hamstrings. We need a lot, a lot of flexibility for both those to get into it, especially to get straight to the ground. Or if you want to do a standing split, that's even more flexibility. Oh, my God. So, um, <laughs> but, you know, we don't have to go that far, of course. No. <laughs> We can still get the same benefits of, say, splits training without the splits. And that's why I love teaching the splits, because you don't have to actually want or have to even be near a flat split to the ground. You're still going to get the exact same benefits of stretching those same muscles the whole time. And same with something like middle splits where or center splits, um, where our legs are out to the side, that is just our adductors, so that's our inner thigh muscles that are getting stretched there. And it's very deep hip opener. It's very hard position to get into. It, it, I'm only just getting it now, and it's been about two and a half years of me practicing it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. It's not... It's not a quick, you're going to get this in 30 days. Like oh, I feel like I would rip myself say. apart if I tried to do that right now. Yeah, it's a very yeah. intense position. But for me, I am a little bit of a thrill seeker in that way where I love the feeling of my hips being that open. It feels amazing to me, even though it's a little, it looks a little bit painful, of course, especially if you look at my face when I do it. I, I look like I'm in pain a lot, but in my brain, it feels amazing. <laughs> I don't ride roller coasters, but I train for the splits. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and I think also it's because when we're flexibility training or any type of fitness, we're working on calming our nervous system. 
And when we calm our nervous system, that's going to calm the rest of us down and it's going to make our breathing nice and slow. And it's almost a meditative practice in a sense when we get that deep into it because we have to really focus in on how our body is feeling because of course we do not ever want injury we never want pain but we have so we have to really hone in to what our body is saying and i love kind of testing the limits of where can i tell my body to go before it's like we need to pull out of this we're in we're almost like on the edge of injury we don't want this so i'm kind of i like finding that and of course that's not for everyone no one has to um that's just my own personal thing but we can still get those same benefits of stretching out the hips when we're doing something like splits training because we're stretching those same muscles when you go into that fullest uh, extension of that stretch oh i'm just thinking about how attuned and embodied you are in that moment. As I've been doing these stretches for my physio, I've been doing these calf stretches where I, I can feel that. Like I can tell because it's the one that I'm like holding the most right now. And I can tell I'm like, oh, if I just go a millimeter more, I know it's not going to be good. Like you're right. There is, I hadn't really quite thought about like that attunement, that meditative. And you're saying it actually really calms our nervous system to be just is it the focus? Is it the embodiment? What do you think? Yeah. So it's kinesthetic awareness is the actual term for it, that mind-body connection. So what we notice, especially with flexibility training, because it's usually a slower practice, um, when we get into harder movements, we start breathing heavy and we start breathing faster. And it can get to the point of hyperventilation or holding our breath both those options are really bad it tells our nervous system we're in trouble and it's like fight or flight mode our body is like we got to get out of this now <laughs> so we snap back to where we were <laughs> we're just standing like a, a person <laughs> um so when we're focusing on our breath we're breathing controlled we're moving intentionally through it we're telling our nervous system it's okay we're comforting that spinal cord and that nervous system that's like, hey, we're okay. We're not in danger here. We can go through it. I'm here for you. And we can really just kind of exactly listen to our body, breathe into it, move nice and slow, and focus in exactly on those muscles that are moving and really see how are we doing? How are we doing? How are we doing? And go through and be like, can we go a little bit more? Is my breathing going to become labored? If it is, that's probably not a good sign to go further. But if I can keep breathing nice and deeply through it, calming my nervous system throughout, then maybe we can go a little bit further. The thing with flexibility is we are already flexible people, even if we don't think we are. It's our nervous system that's going to hold us back 95% of the time. It's going to be like, no, you're in danger. Do not go there. Do not go there. You're going to get hurt. And your nervous system will physically stop you from doing it. So with, when it comes to splits, I could say most people can do it, but your nervous system will stop you and it will not let you go further. It will tell you there is danger here. You are going to fall off a cliff right now. It's not happening. And so it's a long practice. Like that's why I hate when I see programs are like 30 days to the splits. You are not going to get your splits that fast because you have to train your nervous system that it's okay to get the splits. And you have to train your body to be like, these 
this is how much my muscle can stretch. Nervous system, it's okay. We're fine. It's stretching. It's not going to break apart. It's not going to snap or anything. So we have to calm our nervous system and that can take months on end. Yeah. That is so interesting. I've never heard that before. And as you're saying it, I really feel the truth of it. Yeah. That we have to work not only, it's not only like working with my muscles, it's working with my nervous system as well. And the fear, because I have a, I had a really bad skiing accident and knee injury um, when I was in my twenties and everything now to do with my knees. I am so, I, my, yeah, my nervous system is on high alert. And maybe that's also why she had me stretch for like three weeks. <laughs> I'm just realizing, oh, smart physio. Yeah. What you're saying is so true. Cause yeah, I'm like, so worried that I'm going to like twist or do something. And then I'm out. I am now like unable to walk or move and then have to deal even more with the medical system, which is deeply anti-fat. So yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this idea of like, this is also a way that we can work with taking care of our own nervous systems. Like that's actually really beautiful, Vera. Yeah. I like to kind of consider it's a it's an interesting way of comforting my inner child. Um, I like to think my nervous system being that because the, my nervous system is full of anxiety. <laughs> and it's really, you know, just like, Shh, it's okay. Like, I'm here for you. I'm not going anywhere. And we're going to do this together type mindset. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really nice. Yeah, I feel that. I can totally feel that. Even as I'm like sitting here, like thinking about it and really feeling into my body with that. I, I really get that. Yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Like, because I think even without actually moving right now, like even if we're, as we're just sitting here, you can take just a few deep breaths and focus in on how your body feels even in this exact moment. And it's very similar to a body scan where we're just checking in with everything. And we're like, do we feel good? Are we feeling safe? Do we need to adjust something of how we're sitting or moving in a way? Do we? Yes. No. Cool. Um, we can kind of move with it that way. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Well, I feel like this is the perfect segue to what is always the last question of the podcast, which is around joy. Because I feel like joy is so connected into everything that you're talking about here in terms of how we relate to our ourselves, our movement, our bodies. So how do you stay connected to joy, Vera? Like, do you, how do you turn towards joy? Do you believe joy is a choice? Like, just how do you feel about joy in general? Ah, joy makes me so happy. Um, <laughs> I, I do think joy partially is a choice. I I don't think it's completely like fully a hundred percent. I think sometimes it's it's there, sometimes it's not, and sometimes we can push it to be there, but not always. Um, for me, I of course I find joy in moving my body, um, and of course it's also listening to my body because sometimes. I'm, you know, I get all my workout gear on, I get my weights, I'm ready to go. And my body's like, no, don't do it. <laughs> and I know if I push past my brain and my body saying that, I'm not going to have fun. It's not going to be joyful. I'm going to be thinking about everything else. I'm going to get stressed. I'm going to get bored and I'm going to get frustrated. But if I listen to my body in that moment and you step back and be like, you know what? I'm not going to work out. That's joy to me because that's me listening to my body and honoring what it wants in that moment. Um, and I think that's all I can ask for. And when I listen to it in that way, it brings me joy. Mm, yeah. Oh, what's swimming in my head right now is this idea of like finding joy through synovial fluid. <laughs> 
<laughs> we love that snowmobile right fluid. i'm like oh because just that feel actually i'm so excited <laughs> this sounds bad i'm so excited to hang up with you i'm actually not but when we hang up i'm so excited to stand and do like the hip circles i i don't know why i was like i can only do hip circles in belly dance class like why would i think that i think what you're revealing for me and i'm really curious if people listening feel the same way is this idea of Oh, I can be doing this actually a lot more. And I think one of the challenges of exercise culture and diet culture informed exercise culture is like, I only move when I'm like in a specific exercise class. Like it's like delineated. It's, it's separate as opposed to this can just be how I move through my day. I can do hip rolls or hip circles after every call. I can lay on my back and, you know, do some butterfly stretches of my inner thighs in order to get my splits. Now I'm determined I want to get my splits. Um, you know, like I, I think you're just, you're really helping me think so differently about this aspect of my body, this aspect of flexibility. And I'm so grateful for this conversation. Of course. Yeah. I'm, I really believe movement can be anytime because yeah, we are really taught that fitness and movement happens at a specific time in a certain class when we're wearing a certain thing movement can happen anytime and it doesn't have to be for long it can be you know doing a couple of wrist circles when you're waiting at a traffic light uh it can really just be lifting your knees up one at a time doing a little seated march when you're watching a commercial uh waiting for your show to come back like anything like that uh, even doing hip circles seated, of course, it's a little bit more difficult when you're seated and it's more spinal movement, but it's still movement. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just love it so much. I'm so glad we got to have this conversation, Vera. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Before we go, I'd like to read a poem because poetry can reach our hearts in a different way. Poems can have us feel in a different way. And that's what this podcast is all about. Expanding our hearts, deepening our empathy, and inviting in joy. So each week, you get a new poem. This poem surprises me every time I read it. I never have thought so deeply about worms before. Um, and in my conversation with Vera, I never thought so deeply about the role of flexibility before. Um, this poem is written by Gail McConnell and it is called Worm. Burrowing in your allotted patch, you move through the dark, muscles contracting one by one. In every part, lengthening and shortening the slick, segmented tube of you, furrows in your wake. Devising passages for water, air, you plot the gaps that keep the structure from collapse. Dead things, you know, plants and creatures both. Your grooves shift matter, sifting as you go. Eyeless, your appetite aerates, eating the worlds you open it. You ingest to differentiate. Under the foot-stamped earth, you eat into a clot of leaf mold, clay and mildew, and express what you can part with as self-possessed as when you started. Your secretions bind the soil, your shit enriches it. 
How things lie now will be undone, will recur. You, a surface-level archivist, sensing all there is, can be gone through. The body born within its plot. Thank you for joining me today. My hope is that you're feeling a little less alone and a little more seen. So until the next episode, you can find me on Instagram at fatjoy.life, on YouTube at youtube.com slash at fatjoy, and on Substack at fatjoy.substack.com. And please do check out the episode notes for how you can connect with my amazing guest and for the links to the poem. All right, lovely. I am sending you off with my best wishes for an abundantly fat joy day. And we'll talk again soon. 